Hey everybody and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's new podcast where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're talking earthquakes with postdoctoral research associate in the Geological Sciences Department, Burke Burel. So we're going to start from square one here and talk about some of the basics first. What exactly is an earthquake? I know the ground starts shaking, but what's exactly happening when there's an earthquake? First of all, earthquakes are caused by fractures in the outer shell of, and you might consider that as, you know, breaks in a glass piece or something like that, or porcelain piece. So they are similar to that, but much larger scale. And when one part of that plate that we call, or the crust, the outer shell, slips next to the other one, this creates vibrations. And this slip event is usually not very slow, it's just an instantaneous event that radiates energy outward. And that energy is basically the shaking of the ground. So it sounds like where you are on a plate is really important when we're talking about earthquakes. When looking at North Carolina and I guess the southeast of the United States, what plate are we on? The plate that we are on in, the, in its current configuration starts from California, the western coast of the United States, all the way down to Haiti, and it comes back up at the mid- middle of Atlantic and goes up through Canada and comes back down to California again. So it is a big plate, but it wasn't like that all the time. So in the distant past, and by distant past, I mean in a geological sense, it is millions or sometimes billions of years. It was made up of different pieces which came together and formed a plate. It sounds like we're nowhere near a plate boundary. So in theory, we shouldn't be having earthquakes around here, right? Correct. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the zones or the belts that define the plate or that became the plate after many other plates came together may define weakness zones and earthquakes can occur along those but they are not very common in very old plates meaning that plates that congregated or came together and became one plate in the distant past like a billion year ago for the case of North America. So earthquakes really aren't that common in the southeast United States. It's not like California where it's just part of living there. But in your most recent research, you focused on what's causing earthquakes in southeastern United States, like the one that happened in Virginia back in 2011. Why did you want to start studying this area where earthquakes really aren't that common? Even though a lot of people looked at the the current geology of the region, meaning that what type of rocks do we have and why do we have Appalachians over here? Why do we have mountain, mountain ranges over here? We also were interested in why this region is still deforming, meaning that there are earthquakes which shows the formation of the crust, so on and so forth. So really we don't have answers for that. We are really trying hard to come up with answers and not many people looked at possible deeper sources for this this deformation, meaning that by deep I mean uh, at depths that are 5,200 miles below the surface of the Earth. So basically, I'm looking at the bottom or the sole of the plate. So we decided to see if influences from the bottom of the plate might be influencing or affecting the deformation the, the pattern 
that we see today and we were also interested in why Appalachians are still there because they are quite old they are at least 200 million year old so usually when that's the case erosion takes place uh, and they sort of flatten everything out within 200 million years it's a long time period so another aim for my study was to see if we can see any relationship between the lower or deeper structures and if you know there might be some pushing forces or structures that might be associated with the higher level of Appalachians. So earthquakes, the morphology of Appalachians were primarily my first targets in starting working on this project. So you're talking about looking at the bottom layer of these plates. How deep below the Earth's surface do these plates actually go? The plates, so that's the shell, and you know we refer that as thickness. And plates have different thicknesses across the globe. Sometimes we might have plates as, as thin as like in the order of 10 miles, and sometimes they might be like in the central parts of the United States, they might be as thick as 150, sometimes up to 200 miles or so. So it's quite thick sometimes, some places and other places might be thin. Specifically in the, in the interiors of the plates, we would expect them to be thick because usually plates become thin when they deform and it is a regular evolutionary process in the life of a plate that it loses its soles, becomes thinner, sometimes becomes deformed or fragmented. So this, this is why we look at um, first focus on the thickness of the plates and how they vary across the region. And it was our first primary instinct to, to combine or link the dots between the thickness of the plates and the earthquakes and the deformation that's taking place in this region. How do you examine something that is 200 miles beneath the Earth's surface? I mean, it's not like you can just dig down there and see what's going on. So we, we usually, uh, as I said in the beginning, we usually use uh, um, earth energy that radiates from distant earthquakes. And by distant, I mean earthquakes that are located um, 2,000, 3,000 miles away. Uh, and sometimes more than that. So we, we really use sensitive equipment to detect those. You wouldn't be able to, to feel that. Uh, but those equipment are so sensitive that they can pick up earthquakes on the other side of the globe, like in Japan. And when the vibrations from those earthquakes travel within the earth towards us, uh, they travel in different speeds in different structural domains. Meaning that, for example, if it's uh, traveling in a detached piece of a plate, it will be faster. If it's like ambient mantle of the earth, it might be slower because of the material properties. So they travel at different speed, but we record the arrival time of that vibrations to our stations. So we can infer, okay, this wave is traveling fast. And when we look at other uh, arrivals from other earthquakes, we can say, okay, this is slow, uh, traveling slow in this direction. So there must be something slow over there in a certain direction. And in, on the other hand, from the vibrations coming from Japan, uh, it's traveling fast. So that, there must be other structures in that direction. So we infer basically the, the seismic velocity structure. 
So then after examining the thickness of the plate and looking at the bottom layer, what were some of the findings in your study? Did you find why there were earthquakes happening in the southeast when we're not at a plate boundary? Are we a stable plate? If you look at California, then you'll see an unstable plate or portion of the plate. I think this is still a stable plate and most of the southeastern United States, including Tennessee and some parts of Kentucky, Illinois, and towards interior parts and Midwestern states, they are pretty stable because they have a thick plate. They are associated with thick plate. However, when you come towards the, this region, we have Appalachians. They are 200 million year old. So they tell us that there has been some deformation over here 200 million years ago before we became a plate interior. So then this represents a weakness zone. And even though the plate is sort of thick over here and thickened over 200 million years, now we see that it has some inherited weakness zones. And perhaps these zones are associated with where these pieces are coming off of the bottom of the plate which we call the lamination. You might think of that as the, the lamination of the soles of thick shoe. Based on our findings, we are seeing these different structures that we wouldn't expect to see in stable regions like that. So our study, I guess, is the first one to see some chunks coming out of a stable part of a plate, like the interior of a plate. And we interpret this as, you know, pieces delaminating and coming down. And perhaps this would be a viable explanation for why some parts of the southeastern United States are more prone to earthquakes than the other parts, since the plate is becoming thinner at those parts, and this causes some stress imbalances in the crust, which leads to earthquakes. If the plates are thinning and that's what causes earthquakes, is it possible that this part of the United States will have more earthquakes in the future? So our study does not show anything about where these earthquakes might occur in the future or how they will occur or how frequent they will occur at all. So we don't have any resolution into that or any idea about that. But it seems that this has been the situation for a long time. So earthquakes has been happening in this region in 1886 or even before that million years ago also they have been taking place it seems like based on our findings so there is no reason that this will stop tomorrow and you know things will quiet down so usually geological processes take long time to change direction like quiet down or increase in speed or so on and so forth and this takes like million years millions of years so the delamination is also a process that takes place over millions of years. So we wouldn't expect this to end tomorrow and perhaps this will keep going on in this pattern for millions of years. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Throughout the summer, we'll be publishing a podcast every other Wednesday. So be sure to check back to unc.edu in two Wednesdays for a new episode of Well Said.